0: and welcome to another episode of tales of tavat a genshin lore podcast last week we discussed the adorable yet sleepy sayu and the shumatsuban
1: this week we're talking about the king of invocations the king of tcg and all of dad jokes sino the general mahamatra
2: hey there are you wishing you had some things to look at while listening to this episode well we got you boo head over to our site it's talesoftavat.com and there you can find some visual accompaniments to soothe your eye buds, like a loving visual symphony.
3: While you're on our site, make sure that you check out episodes from our past seasons, our special episodes, artist spotlights from the community, wallpapers that you can download, and some of our favorite Genshin merch.
0: Let us know what you think of this episode and what you'd like to see in the future by emailing us at Pod at gmail.com following us on Twitter, Tales of Devot, or following us on Instagram, Tales of Devot Pod. That all aside, justice is going to be ours while we talk about Sino! I'm going to try not to gush as much as I want to about Sinari today. But, like, <laughs> it's going to be a big, big, big theme in my conversational topics, just an FYI.
1: I feel like <laughs> you're going to fail in this In this thing. That's okay, <laughs> because today is the day for you to absolutely gush.
3: I even wore a tinyari shirt today. You, you know do. <laughs> So, like, I'm here for the ship. I'm going to fight you on the fact that they're just the best of friends, and that it's probably one of the sweetest friendships in the game.
0: I mean, the game is
3: fighting me, too. It calls them brothers, so... I mean, it
2: it does (laughs) the same thing to Eula and Amber, so...
0: I know. Meanwhile, they're going into the hot springs together. This they don't get what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Before we though jump into avoiding Amanda talking about Sainari as much as possible today, Brandon, didn't you go to the Genshin Impact concert
2: this weekend? I did. I am freshly back from the city of Boston, where I had a lovely time at the Genshin concert at Symphony Hall, and it was. Wonderful. It was everything that you want it to be.
0: You were saying that there were like a lot of cosplayers there, right?
2: Yes. I was a little shook. I I mean, I knew there would be some cosplay probably, but I didn't expect for it to be, you know, I would say at least like 10% of the audience. Mm -hmm. Oh
0: my gosh. It's
2: like count 10 people, one of them is in cosplay. And, you know, that's out of a very large symphony hall. So it was really... A really really inspiring time and very nostalgic they have you know a big screen behind the symphony while they're performing so there's all these cutscenes happening i will say if you're planning on buying merch at if you are going to uh one of these genshin concerts that are coming up still and if you plan on buying merch now This could have just been a problem with the Boston venue, I don't know, but they had only one area where you could buy merch, and it was sort of down in this back hallway, and there were so many people that like, but I got there half an hour before the show started, and I Couldn't even get through the line just to look at what they had because it was just filling up the entire hallway and, like, you know, spilling way, way out into like a different hallway. So, uh, I did sneak down during the second intermission and waited in line for like five to 10 minutes just to be able to get out of the line to go look at the merch display. (laughs) And it was so crazy that. People, you know, would wait in line to the point where they couldn't get back to their seat in time because the intermission is only 15 minutes. So, you know, it was kind of annoying because they would open the door because, you know, at a a symphony, they close the doors during when the performance starts again. So they won't let anyone go and get back to their seat until it's in between songs. So every time a song would stop the doors would open and like you would see like 10 to 50 people like run in to like get to their <laughs> seat to try to not to disturb you know the conductor who was very attractive by the way
1: <gasps> this conductor
2: in boston he was so into it he was so feeling himself he was like moving his hips he was like swinging around and like almost like dancing while he conducted it wasn't just like a it wasn't like i'm just going to stand here and move my arm and like look all proper he was like he had a shirt unbuttoned <laughs> and, like a chain around his neck like he was like really feeling it it uh, was very I attractive the one
0: we see in new york yeah me too
2: i don't know aren't they doing different conduct i
3: don't know i'm gonna have to look it up no like, brady we just want the hot guy now damn it <laughs> don't <laughs> deny us the hot guy we're like I in mean, this
2: third row, I too. I really like, hope we need... you get him because okay. he was very entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really good time. It was perfect. It was beautiful. It sounded like Linda Evangelista. <laughs> and if you do have the privilege of being able to go, then you're in for a treat.
0: I'm so excited. I'm surprised, though, like, not to sidetrack too much, but you had mentioned some of the merch stuff that you saw. And mm-hmm. none of it was like the concert merch Because you had sent us, like, the list of things or whatever when you were there. Mm -hmm. And none of it was, like, the actual concert merch I've seen, like, floating around on Twitter and stuff. And, like, in those, like, unofficial, like, Genshin Global stores. So I'm very curious what happened there. Or if, like, they're only Mm -hmm. selling this merch, like, in the post. I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, because they showed, like you had like those cds and stuff but there were a few items one in particular that i even just got at new york comic-con that i also know was a part of the pop-up stores
2: maybe they have like a warehouse in the states or something and yeah it's different from elsewhere i would imagine
0: because i've seen like this cute like light thing that you can get that's supposed to be like that you would like kind of like buy your child when you go to like the like Disney on ice and I totally am gonna buy one for myself like I'm a child (laughs) if they have it but anyway I digress
2: it was a really fun show and one of my favorite parts I just wanted to add this little anecdote is that you know, as they're displaying things on the screen behind the the orchestra, the characters that come up that would come up as soon as a song begins so no one sees it coming, like they don't, haven't heard the music cue yet. Mm-hmm. And they, they the music comes in at the same time that they see the image of a certain character. The reactions from the audience, it was very entertaining to watch, you know, to hear like the three straight guys behind me gay gasp at certain <laughs> things was very... <laughs> very entertaining and just like the excitement and then you know certain things getting like such cheering out of people uh it was really really fun
0: oh i'm so excited i'm glad you had fun
2: yeah it was a great time
0: i'm kind of sad that it isn't coming anywhere down near here that's crazy
2: i i know overheard someone behind me saying that they flew in from texas like it's you know a, a big deal to people but i i hope that it shows that it shows Hoyo they could bring it back again and maybe expand it a little more.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we have to digress back, but I am super excited. I'm glad that you had a good time, brandon And I can't wait for we have a bunch of us going to Carnegie Halls when it happens. And I am even more hyped already. So, that being said, let's jump back to the Mahamatra. So We are initially introduced to Sino during the manga, but we'll jump into that in a little bit. I think the first time we meet Sino during the actual game is when him and Alhatham start to like battle it out in the desert. Oh, you mean that fucking hot-ass scene where they both jump and try to kill each other? Yes, yes. that was
1: intense. A lot of people started shipping Alhatham and Sino together at that moment, and there's some really good smut of it. (laughs) But... It wasn't until Kave came up that, that that kind of was put to the wayside. Understandable. You've seen the cakes on that man. <laughs> I'll hate them wanted that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was one, it's it's kind of out of nowhere. It's a scene where, you know, like how we're always walking to a new location with Paimon or like a buddy, and it's like, look at this place. No, instant death, instant battle, and like this is so hot. <laughs> A yeah. One of the reasons I love Sumero so much is that it had fabulous cutscenes. This this cutscene and the cutscene during the acad- Academia event at the very end with Kave. Oh, the Darshan battle. Oh my god! I cried because I love that
0: cutscene so much with Kave. Um, no, you're right though, and I felt like the battle with Alhatham came out of nowhere, and I I still don't really understand why we fought Alhatham or why Alhatham and Sino fought. I I'm still a little confused. I feel like they just don't didn't like each other in the moment. Yeah. Yes, and but they're, now they're, they're good. They're like good now, right? Like they go to dinners together. I saw them during
3: the Kaveh hangout. They, they had a ha- double date. They seem to because I mean they're they're on the same side, so it's really odd. I think, and th- this is, I could be wrong, of course. I feel like the reason that
0: Sino was on the defense was, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute, though, is because that's when Sino was like on the run, quote unquote. Yeah. He wasn't in the academia. So I'm sure seeing like the scribe coming your way, you're like, fuck, 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 fuck.
3: That was before <laughs> he was the Mahamatra.
0: No. So uh, something really cool is that. Sino, when you first meet him, he actually tells you that he's the former Mahamatra. Mm-hmm. But we find out that basically Tinyari had gone up to Sino prior to the Archon Quest starting and told him, like, hey, my master, who is the sage, which is like the dean for those of you who might need a little help with academia language, he's basically like the dean of my school, which is Amerta." He's not answering me, and I'm really confused because all the other sages from the academia are trying to pull me into a project, and I want my, like, master's opinion on this, but he's not getting back to me, and I'm worried that something has happened. And he asks Sino to look into it. And Sino starts to look into it and basically runs away to the desert because he realizes that something is wrong and he can't be there anymore. So when we find Sino, he's... Stepped down from being the Mahamatra. Oh. And that, I think, is why him and Heatham get into the spat. Until Sino is like, wait, you also want to take down the academia? <laughs> <laughs> he smelled some bullshit is what that was. Also so weird that Sumeru's politics are governed by a school. Like, just throwing that out there.
1: I mean it's it's kind of reminiscent of a couple of historic schools not necessarily that the school is making everything but like a lot of politicians were coming out of these very well-known academies and i'm mostly thinking of greece and and a lot of the teachings of philosophers at the time a lot of people were like oh you are you were a student of Oh my god, I can't remember any Greek philosopher at the moment because fuck my brain. <laughs> but d- different different schools um kind of produced a particular type of person or a type of politician or maybe it's a craftsman, maybe it's someone who's like more of a thespian.
2: So like Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, like didn't they all sort of overlap with drama and philosophy?
1: Well, one of them taught Alexander the Great. <laughs> important
2: there you go (laughs) drama
0: to that library
2: but they would use they would use storytelling like i mean as a way to like in in like parallel to their philosophy right Mm -hmm.
1: like for example plato everyone remember the lost city of atlantis is not real uh plato made that up as an allegory to what was happening in athens so he took his philosophy turned it into a fictional tale and it's like, hey, Athens, get your shit together or this is going to be us.
0: <laughs>
1: also, like, Plato's a fun man. OK, so the House of Wisdom is also like another kind of like incentric. I'm pretty sure the academia is based around the House of Wisdom from Baghdad. So <laughs> during the Islamic Golden Age, I mean, the reason the House of Wisdom And the Islamic scholars are one of the reasons we have our Greek writings still to this day after, you know, the Library of Alexandria burned to a crisp. So you kind of of see how like these may not be houses of power, though in this case it is. They definitely have a lot of connection to power.
0: Yeah, it throws me for a loop because I guess I look at looking at it from like an ethnocentric point of view and just looking at myself, I'm like, none of our colleges run the country, you know, that's that a it, lie. <laughs> I mean, I, they don't run my part of the country. I don't know. I besides a little football here and there. I definitely, <laughs> uh, but it, it makes sense when you look at the other cultures. So, yeah, we meet Sino in the desert. And he tries to kill Heathum because he think all is trying to drag him back to the city and possibly to get in trouble and that's when we hear a little bit about sino and it's also when we learn that the akasha terminal is trying to like predict people's movements to be yeah and that's when sino gets real mad about everything going on and he's like well they're not gonna uh follow me and know what i'm doing anymore let's destroy the school (laughs) like he very much is like fuck that let's go against the grain then i'm with you guys It's like, peace out, come Scout. And Sino's actually the one who sends us to Tinyari in the Archon line and is like, he will help you just say my name. And to what Tiff said earlier, whether that you see them as a relationship or a friendship, it was very sweet and wholesome. Yeah, I'm going to
3: become the unshipper. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've just decided I've unshipped. I'm unshipping everybody. Oh, excuse me. Not really, but a lot. (laughs) why uh, all of a sudden I don't know what it was I think I I was like some of the friendships are so sweet and so like I think I was I think it was the the you know Paimon and, and Lumine I play as Lumine so it's always those two like we always get that little sweet side of them at the end of their quest and I'm like started really looking at other of the of some of the other relationships that are in the game and I'm like that's it I'm making them all friends. I immediately then did the part, the last part of the newest Archon on Fontaine and saw so Risley and Clorin together and then was just like, oh, yeah, no, they're together. So <laughs> I didn't stick with it, but <laughs> I am going to be the unshipper.
2: I knew. So. What did I tell you? I knew that I was like, this is going to be the new ship, Risley and Clorin. <laughs> and everyone was like, no, it's Risley and
1: Nuva No, I can't wait until we get to our Clorend episode, because someone put out how she is, she's basically a, a very French, very bisexual opera slash swordswoman. Amazing. There's a whole entire episode
3: on puppet history about her, and she's my icon. I would actually say that Fiends actually said, I know this doesn't have anything to do with Sino, but Fiends probably said it the Best, she's Kujo Sara, she's she's riding Shogun, she has that same attitude. Fiends was also saying in this side of she, that's why she knew I was going to love her. I was her. like, Of course, she's <laughs> gonna like this woman,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, and it wasn't gonna be obvious in my head. Okay. I know mean, we all know that we all know our characters, you know, yeah. like we all know who each other's gonna end up liking. At least, look, if they got a fat ass, mm. <laughs> but. I will go back to Sina now. Uh, Tiff can unship Sina and Tinyari as much as she wants. It's not going to change anything in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so we then find out that, you know, Sina... Uh, Sina? Who the fuck is Sina? <laughs> <laughs> Sina. So then we find out that... Well, speaking of, he loves nuts. <laughs> like, and... Oh, you know, uh, I know, excuse me. So, like, he, the, his, he loves the, uh, candied, the candied things. Like, the candy. Uh, like, the No, it's a fucking nut that you can get. He's always bringing them places uh, and just leaving them.
2: He eats Tainari's candied
0: nuts. (laughs) nuts. I'm glad it's not me this week.
3: (laughs) Is it like
1: saltwater taffy?
0: No, it's like stupid, like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Like he literally eats them and he like left them with Avidia nuts or something like that. You literally get them in the forest, in the desert.
2: I bet he does.
0: <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs>
3: the Akamdeli, um, uh, what's freak? What are those things called?
0: I don't know. They're nuts. Anyway,
1: they make the baklava. That's all I know. No. Yes, they make the
0: baklava. Yes, they can make the baklava dish in Genshin. And mean
3: need. They make a candied nut. Damn it. <laughs> the Ajin. Oh, I don't know if I remember how to say this.
2: Aju knock nut
3: yeah the, the cooking
2: ingredient
3: yeah yeah
0: and then he makes candied nuts out of them yes <laughs> and he gave them to us for our birthday or his birthday because we give gifts for everyone's birthdays but we don't give them the gifts it's very sad hell yeah let us give gifts um uh, but yeah he, he usually brings them back to tignari to too anyway so we find out of, that he's a mantra. So the what exactly is a mantra? Because Sino takes it a little too seriously due to the spirit inside of his buddy. He no. should <laughs> take it very seriously, though, because he has every right to. So
2: they're like the police. They're of the academia.
1: Yes. But not only that, they're the police in real life. Um Let me take you back to 256 BCE, during the 3rd (laughs) Mayan. I'm taking you all to India. And there was an empire founded by Ashoka Ashoka the Great. I butchered the fuck out of that name. He instated the uh, Dhamma Mahamatra, a.k.a. the Officers of Morality, or the in- inspectors of drama. Drama being part of Hinduism being a cosmic law. It's a real thing. And Sino is a inspector of cosmic law. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, no, he's a macha, macha. Uh Maha matra. <laughs> maha say, say it five times fast. You'll never get
0: it.
2: Um, but in the game, the matra are... The academia police. So Sino being the general Mahamatra basically means he's the chief of the academia police.
3: But on top of it, it's not just the police. They're like in charge of like academic decency, like, and, you know, uh, making sure that there's no plagiarism and that people aren't researching. Well, I mean, the one part is they're not researching things that are off limits, but you know, it's kind of, they're like almost like the school, like hall pass kid who's got to make sure that nobody's like doing any wrong
2: but sumeru itself is really governed by the academia like it's really governed by academics and so you know the academic offenses is what they're called which is plagiarism bribery academic fraud false declarations misappropriation of funds malicious competition appropriation of someone else's dissertations these are all like stuff that you know you would attribute to academia and these are also like what lo- there are also laws that are built around this mm-hmm. because Sumeru is so ruled by academics that they developed y- not just laws, but also police to enforce the laws yeah. <laughs> surrounding <laughs> the way that academia goes, you know, and, and uh, how people and to that eventually, you know, get power hungry with it.
0: Yeah. As we saw with the sages that now wander about the forest, I'm always so scared I'm going <laughs> to run into one of them. There's also um in if you've done Alhatham story
1: quest at the at the end of, of that quest, Sino gets to take a couple of people <laughs> into custody.
0: Yes,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, oh yeah, a whole lot of people.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. the hive mind. I you know the one thing
1: I would love in this game is if Sino and Nouvelle met because very much about judgment, about law, about justice.
2: You know who I want him to meet. Wisely? no i want him to meet Hazo.
1: oh mm. shit. they'd be perfect they right would, they're so would similar team. oh my god you want to know what Hazo would be sherlock
2: holmes like can you imagine the crime stoppers commercial starring sino and <laughs> in hazel
3: <laughs> well no, <laughs> you know like in law and order they always have those like dumb dad jokes kind of like mm-hmm. you know He came and then he went uh, (laughs) like that type of thing, Um, which is probably the worst one I could have used as an example, but it cracks me up all the time. My go
2: to is what kind of what do you call cheese that is not yours? Nacho cheese. That's right. (laughs)
0: right. Brandon loves his cheese. (laughs) But another thing about Sino, I I think it's really weird. So not weird. (laughs) He's a weird guy. But I love him anyway. Sino, you know, when you first meet him, you're like, this is a hard-ass, tough guy. He's scary. Even in the manga, you kind of get this idea that he's a little intimidating. Like, ooh, who's Sino? But like you guys just said, this bitch loves dad jokes. And Kave specifically says that he has a big heart. He's like, Sino seems really hard, but he's actually a big-hearted fella, basically. He's hard, all right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but <laughs> I think you see the sweetness in Sino because of the manga and, like, when he brought Kali back. And for those of you who haven't read the manga, I'm looking at yes. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Read the manga at this point. Nope. There Mm-mm. are so many important principle. little details. Out I of principle. I think, it's, I think in season three, the principal's just out the window at nope. this point. Mm-mm not enough. all <laughs> uh but at the very end of the manga you know we do find out that kale has been experimented on using the magic inside of the dead bodies of gods <laughs> and so we find that we they figure out that they have to seal the power kaya devises an entire plan to distract what is his name barnabas mm-hmm. who barnabas another story uh in the meantime sino takes kale up the star snatch cliff where he performs a sealing uh, spell, ceremony, I don't know what you want to call it, but he's able to seal those powers within Kale. And he tells her, like, you got to be careful. You can't do certain things. Don't let it out. And then he actually decides to bring Kale back to Sumeru with him. And he leaves Kale with Tinyari. And in one of sinos I don't know if it's Sino or Kale's, Character stories, they do say, like, that Tinyari was like hesitant at first to bring Kale in, but did end up bringing her in. But poor Kale, she loves Sino, and you could tell that she does, and she says things about him where you could tell that she does appreciate and care for him but she does say something like can we not talk about him right now because sometimes it makes me remember what he did and then i get a weird tingly sensation on the back of my neck yeah. <laughs> she does not like that oh my god so like just say sign and then it's like just like little fingers like on the back of her neck i'm sure it's like a ptsd you know thing with her um, yeah she's probably gotten over a little bit more as the game has continued
2: yeah i would think so
0: that's the hard part with some of the voice lines, is that they are coming from like a standpoint of like when you first meet the characters. Because we saw Kale, Sino and Hinyari all journey together to Mondstadt for Wind Blue, So she spent a lot of time with them.
2: <laughs> and what's interesting about Sino being the one to seal Kale's dead god powers within her so that they, you know, stopped overtaking her and killing people is that It's almost like a parallel of something that might have happened to Sino when he was a kid, which we still don't really know much about. And someone sound the alarm because we have an orphan alert. Orphan Orphan alert! Orphan
1: alert! alert.
2: And we don't really know anything about Sino's birth parents, but we do know that he has an adoptive father who was yeah, the Cyrus. Great Sage Cyrus. Yeah, of the Spantamad Darshan, Spantamad being the elementalism Darshan. We know Cyrus was also Lisa's teacher. Lisa was actually Sino's upperclassman. And so they both were taught and tutored under Cyrus. And that, yeah, there's not really anything else we know about Sino's birth parents. We know that he was hurt. Quote unquote hurt, whatever that means, by this great sage named Hermanibus's power, mm-hmm. which we don't know what that means. But we do know that the academia at one point was hoping that Cyrus would sort of use Sino as a test subject to learn more about Hermanibus's power. But Cyrus of course, chose instead to raise him as a son instead.
1: Like a good person. Oh my god, we have so little of that!
2: (laughs) Especially in parenting in this game. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: (laughs) But we know that Hermanibus was the greatest of sages in the time of King Desheret, so this is you know, a sage going all the way back to that time. And we don't really know what's true. We know that there are rumors that Sino is a descendant of King Desheret. And this is actually in his character story that this is a rumor and that a priest who worshiped Hermanibus raised him in a temple before granting him his vision, which that part we know is not true and sent him across the desert to the academia to enact Hermanibus's will. I don't even know if I'm saying Hermanibus right, but
0: yeah, I love that. Sino is like, knows all these rumors is like, nope, no, no, that didn't happen.
2: Well, he doesn't confirm anything about being related to King Deshirat, like being a descendant of his. All we know is that the vision part is not true because right. he got his vision the day before he became the general Mahamatra while he was studying the six sins developed by the sages.
3: Which is a, definitely a less dramatic way to get your vision you're just sitting there like contemplating a sin, going, okay, I, yes, I understand. You close your eyes, you're like, I get it and then you open them and there's a vision in front of you in a book.
1: But it kind of makes sense when you look at like the inspiration for Sino being Anubis and we can get further into like why that is. But to me, that makes a lot of it sense. I boring. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's a boring vision. It's, it's a not boring, but it's very scholarly,
3: which is kind of exactly what <laughs> yeah, I mean. He could have been like is. saving a book or something like some bitch was trying to burn a book, and he's like, no, But you. doesn't
2: it make sense that he might have been raised by some priest who worshiped this ancient sage yeah. who was, you know, under King Deshrit? Yeah, that'd I be mean, crazy. what if this priest like. I don't know what like what if Sino was possessed and that's, you know, why he knew how to seal the god within Kale. Like maybe he's possessed by a god or by, you know, the spirit of the oh, sage or something. So like
3: that's how he was able to do it because he yeah. got that relation to it. Mm.
2: I just thought it was an interesting parallel because we know that, you know, the the power of Hermanibus or whatever is has hurt him in some way, but we don't really know the details, but what if you know he was possessed
0: this is straight out of Oh, <laughs> right and also just a quick note on his vision after he got his vision tiff to make it worse for you he then proceeded to contemplate on if it was right and just for him to have the yeah. vision and if the vision was a just tool So he did decide to take it. But Brandon, to your point, I think Lisa kind of confirms something like that during Windbloom. You kind of have the Albedo-Saito-Tignari moment in, in the library in Mondstadt. Afterwards, you could actually go up to Lisa and Sino and talk to them. And Lisa more or less says something along the lines of like, oh, my little brother, so happy you were brought in. Like, you know, say that Cyrus saw them both as kids of his and that Lisa considered Sino a brother. And doesn't she basically confirm the experimentation on him?
2: Well, she, she says that I know that you were hurt by by hermanibus something like that. Yeah. But yeah, she basically just says, I believe, like, I'm sure you can relate to what Kali was going through because I know that you were hurt by hermanibus something like that. But she does sort of, she does connect the two. She
0: says, I suppose you're something of a mentor to her, aren't you? Now that I think about it, the two of you aren't so dissimilar. The power of hermanubis once brought you great suffering.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. And then, yeah, that's when he goes on to say that, uh, yeah, and luckily Cyrus didn't use me as a test subject. Like the academia wanted him to.
0: And doesn't Cyrus come up again? Is it during Kave's storyline where like Cyrus is fighting with like an older woman who was also a professor <laughs> over, like, the vegetable garden.
2: Yeah, I think that was Kave's hangout.
0: Yeah, that's so silly. <laughs> but th- <laughs> I like that they brought Cyrus back, and I was like, ah, this is kind of where Sino gets his sense of justice, too, on top of the god inside of him.
1: <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?
0: But speaking of Kaveh and the Cyrus and some familial things, there are a lot of characters that Sino has a lot of like relations with. And one is the Matra overall, which I find really funny that they don't actually find his jokes funny at all, but they all have decided that they need to laugh at the end of every joke of Sino's because otherwise he explains it and they think that's
3: worse. That yes. cracks me up so <laughs> much. <laughs> it kind of reminded me about Fischl and her fake dictionary. Like yeah. everybody around her is like, "Oh, that's got to be in the official dictionary." I almost be like, "It's the same kind of like." Well, I guess that's a you know, it's a Sino joke. Can you just imagine them all like? <laughs> <laughs> I just I, there's got to be times though that he's telling a story that's not funny like he's not trying to make a joke and then at the end they're all just like Hi. right like, like if they don't understand it yeah that's yeah, <laughs> because he's truly a dad yeah honestly he's truly
1: become the father
0: Kaveh actually <laughs> says that if you're ever gonna have dinner with Sino, you better hope someone's bringing beer because no one should be sober when they hear his jokes <laughs>
2: Hmm? One of the Matra, whose name is Shulray, if you use Nahida's skill to read her mind, she's thinking, if I hide here, then I don't have to deal with Mahamatra Sino's jokes.
3: Oh my god. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> and we all know that Tinyari is not a fan of his jokes. Does anyone else remember the side eye that Tinyari gave him during Windbloom? Bombastic side eye. Oh my god, it's so Bombastic. And Kale too, was like, are you kidding me? Shut up, dad. <laughs> Am I the only one that is
1: absolutely in love with these jokes? Maybe it's just because my significant other, Drew, will also do these jokes. <laughs> I laugh at some of them.
2: I, I like a dad joke.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A good dad joke. i love have a good dad joke. Also, Sino was kind of offended because Tinyari basically told him, like, you can't tell jokes at dinner anymore. Like, just <gasps> stop. Like, Rude. like, he was like, Well, we have dinner together. You can't do that. Which also, they're just like, whether or not you think they're friends or lovers, Tiff, mm-hmm. they are like the most domestic relationship, regardless. Like, they're the only characters we know of that have dinner together on a regular basis. Like, but Tinyari told him no jokes at dinner. Like, stop that nonsense. And Sino says that one day he saw Tinyari and Kale laughing at Kave's jokes. Instead, but like, he was like, I don't get it. Like, he they laugh at his jokes, but not at mine. Like, his jokes aren't even funny,
2: <laughs> right? Because it's not real laughter,
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I don't get it. But Saido, he's pretty well known in Subaru,
2: you know, overall. Oh, yeah. the I mean, the whole mantra are universally despised among the academia,
0: <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Like, don't they consider them like paper or something? Like, there's a, they have like a weird term. The
2: academia is like going around being like, A cab. <laughs> My God.
0: <laughs> They do, though. They hate them. They just, because they consider them snitches and like, they consider them like destroying their base uh, of like research,
3: holding
2: them back from their career potential.
3: Because I think some of them, feel they need to push that boundary um, to be able to come up with something new, you know, and their livelihood is based on whether or not they can get funding through the academia. So they need to kind of push a little bit further and stuff. And some of the mantras are probably a little pressing more so than others. I'd imagine there's always going to be somebody who's going to like go a little out of line, like, Oh, you can't use that kind of pencil.
1: <laughs> I I will say this is not uncommon in like the academic sphere of professors. Cause like, if you're not publishing, and or making that money for the let's say the firm for the for the school and getting your name out there it becomes kind of like this really toxic rivalry of like mm-hmm. i need to push my limits to make sure that I'm doing the most scandalous shit so we get the most money. And it's like, nah. Yeah,
2: like I have to do the most groundbreaking thing. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you mm-hmm. see it in even in, um like, science all the time. Like, researchers trying to fudge their results to just to get the best results for their paper.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, like, so they can get you know, in all the scientific journals and mm-hmm. it, it's just like a power grab. It's...
3: Honestly, it also leads into one of the into Sino's story quest, which is a, a big part, well, it's the whole premise of his story quest, is um, on the Court of Desolation. People are always wanting to do research there, and they want to go there, and it's forbidden. Mm-hmm. And But they keep trying to push, and push to do it, because they know they need to have that next breaking thing. And that's kind of how we learn that the Court of Desolation is just um, a ruin from the Age of Scarlet King, and there's treasures inside that are Supposed to be that allow you to see beyond life and death, and even potentially allow you to resurrect. So, that's obviously, if you're a researcher, that's kind of like what you're going to want to know.
2: Speaking of forbidden, we should go over the actual six sins that the mantra sort of have been enforcing for eons. They originally developed by the early sages, like I guess the earliest of the original sages. And those six sins are to interfere with human evolution, to tamper with life and death, to delve beyond the universe, to investigate the origin of words, to revere gods without acts of devotion, and to attempt the forbidden and fear none. So those are the original six sins of the academia developed by the early sages, and Sino is a really big believer in these Six sins, like a lot of you know, over time, a lot of the academia and like the citizens of Sumeru have sort of stopped really thinking about them all that seriously. And all the laws that the Matra enforce surrounding those six sins have evolved a lot over time. But Sino frequently goes back and researches the original six and ruminates on them. And that's actually what he was doing at the moment that he got his vision as he was Mm -hmm. ruminating on one of the six sins. But
1: like what they gotta look at linguistics man
2: i know
0: <laughs> well linguistics it, of all things
1: the
2: origin of words i know yeah
0: <laughs> like where is
3: that gonna bring you
0: i know i have so many questions about that too because so the there's
3: primordial like, one right <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and you have like the Conrian language everywhere you know kind of hidden in different places and you're like and maybe that's 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 the probably it
1: Like, they don't want anyone to know of said original or origin of
0: language.
2: Yeah, are they, like, the one nation to create a new language that no one else speaks?
0: Literally. And that's probably how Conria got away with so much, too. Like, no one else knew what the fuck they were talking about. If they were ever, like, in public and not, like, in the underground, like, mole people. (laughs) I'm a mole man. You guys were talking earlier about the... The mantra and the policing and stuff like that. And did you actually know that that's how Sino and Tinyari met? Because he was actually like stalking Tinyari for work. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Yeah. Tinyari basically, you know, by nature, the type of fox that he is, like, he's supposed to be a loner. Authentic fox, yeah. And as we know, Tinyari would rather not be near a bunch of people because it hurts his ears. But people just flocked to him because he was so nice and so smart and they liked him. And Sino saw him like making crowds of people and he was like, only the Fatui make groups like this. They must be conspiring. So he started stalking Tinyari. <laughs> this is this is this wow. is not how you start a relationship, but I guess.
2: Tainari's like, are you trying to arrest me or date me?
0: Want to be in you, and that's like the funny thing because if you know Tignari, you know he can hear Sino coming probably a mile away. So mm-hmm. the whole time he's stalking Tignari, Tignari's probably like dee 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 dee. dee what's he doing again? <laughs> Why is he <laughs> here, sir? I'm about to take a bath. Like please leave.
2: Uh, uh, is this from your fan <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yes. No, no, not yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now though, but they eventually Sino realized that Tiniari was literally just like a cool guy, and then they became friends. And it's very funny because the two of them are such loners; like both of them are not used to that. That it was like two people who like to be alone but enjoy each other's company, and I found that very wholesome. Mm-hmm. And one more note. That I think is funny uh, about the Matra doing their job. Sino doing his job actually inspired someone to write a book that's kind of popular in Sumeru. Ooh. It's called The Goon. Uh-huh. And basically, Sino arrested this guy who was doing research illegally and he was like, Meh Meh Meh, why do you do this? And Sino started being like, Justice, blah, blah, blah. And like talking about justice. And someone like me would have zoned out and been like, this bitch is still arresting me. But this guy was really inspired about what Sino said about justice. So when he got released from like the academia prison, wherever that may be, he went and wrote a book
3: about it.
2: And your fan fiction is gonna be called Goonin. And it's just gonna be Sino Gooning all over Tainari
3: oh <laughs> that's all i got i didn't my i know i'm dirty <laughs> i know i've got a dirty brain
2: <laughs> i just did that to shock i <laughs>
3: You, sock- you shocked you her into silence. <laughs> I I laughed so loud that the mic couldn't pick it
0: up. Yeah, you went silent. <laughs> um, oh my god! But um, you I just know think
2: you- I just think the new usage of that word is hilarious. Like the people are saying, "Oh, I was gooning." I'm like, "Oh God!" <laughs>
1: can, but can we talk a little bit about like Sino's justice and kind of like. It's so fucking funny to me, and I hope Mahoyo did this on purpose, that one, he's dressed as a jackal. So insta
3: Anubis vibes. He's dressed in stupid fucking shorts. Oh (laughs) my god. We're not talking about the shorts. I made it this far without talking about the shorts yet. They're terrible.
1: We'll we'll, we'll talk a little little bit more about the shorts. No, they're not.
3: I agree. They are
1: not. I These like two have them. full leggings. <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous. But when it comes to the iconography and like parallel of the god Anubis, the god of fun- funerary rites, and you know the god of the underworld and the and guide guide for the dead and lost souls. What's funny to me is I I learned this recently because I was like I'm doing research for this and like of course there's Anubis. As, like, an idea, Sinos constellation, Lupus Arius, which Canis Arius is a scientific name for the common jackal. Very, very cute. Nice nod. The design of the constellation is very similar to the New Kingdom hieroglyphs that signify
3: Anubis. I thought his constellation, his the meaning was like golden wolf or something. It, it is, but I'm, I'm talking like the actual picture, the design. Oh, of it. okay. The design,
1: because so in the old kingdom, which oh, I can't remember the exact timeline. It was old kingdom? Yes. So there's in in ancient Egypt, there was the old kingdom and the new kingdom. And so this is a difference between upper and lower Egypt. Okay. But in the, new, in the old kingdom, it was a jackal like sitting upright. In the new kingdom, the hieroglyph... That's a part of denoting Anubis is sitting there lounging like like the constellation, which I found nice nod. And then we look to, you know, what Anubis does as a god. And not only is he like god of funerary rites, he is called, what is it called? The guardian of the scales. Now, if anyone has seen American gods or has read the book of American gods, they might recognize this but in this kind of ritual basically a weighing of the heart anubis takes the feather that is mahat which is the goddess of truth and justice and law and order who takes the form as an as an ostrich feather and takes the deceased's heart and weighs it against the feather if it's lighter than the heart if it you know is balanced it can pass on to the realm of the dead if it is not if it goes heavier than the feather of Mahat. That person is eaten by Amet, which is the devourer of the dead. It can, and he's depicted as a, a Nile crocodile, which is very funny because they're aggressive as fuck.
0: Reminds me of a certain dragon we've met in Sumeru who had a contract to eat a certain person's heart. That
1: not, berry, not just
2: the heart. The not whole
0: the thing. I'm, you're the right. The
1: whole badissie but very similar. And that is Amet. I think I'm pronouncing it right, but A-M-M-M-I-T. And Anubis is part of this judgment ritual where people are trying to pass on through to the underworld. And I find, you know, Sino's entire, the fact is his entire aesthetic, it's kind of centered around Anubis and around a jackal. And justice is very interesting. And when you look at like, the name of the goddess of truth, Mahat. It's M-A apostrophe A-T. You can put that directly in Mahamatra, even though Mahamatra is like an Indian word. It has some relation to the Egyptian name of the goddess. And so I, I found that very intriguing. And like, d- justice was this man's vocation before he came out of the pussy. He, <laughs> he has been the inspector of drama in cosmic law since before he was birthed out of Deshret, this man—he's <laughs> Anubis himself.
0: Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I don't doubt it. There's a lot of suggestion of that right off the bat, even with his design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so
1: cool. I mean, minus the shorts, because Anubis is a very fancy man. He would not be caught dead in those dumbass shorts. <sighs> <laughs> so we know he's not a Nubis incarnated,
2: just his descendant,
1: <laughs> just his descendant. His like you know, long lost child, fourth removed because of his shorts. But it's it's very interesting how much of a connection of justice. Because one, his title, the General Mahamatra. We talked about that earlier, where it is you know an officer of morality. We have Anubis, who is part of the judgment ceremony of the dead. We have the fact that it's in relation to Mahat, which is the goddess of truth in Egyptian mythology. We also have something similar (laughs) in Yu-Gi-Oh! Not as much as Justice, but there are some hints, depending on what arc you're watching, (laughs) <laughs> but it's it's very it's very interesting of how dedicated they were to like to Anubis and specifically to a very niche moment in political history in a very specific empire in India mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why I,
0: I think that's, again, another reason why I love Samero. Yeah. Al, earlier you were mentioning the constellations. Mm-hmm. And did you know that Razor and Sino both have the word lupus in theirs? Yes. And so that could be a very good hint to maybe having a possibility
1: that they are related. I think that has been debunked in my heart, though I would have loved if they were. Because I don't want to say Canis, I think... I think they keep using lupus because of wolf. That is part of the scientific denotion for wolf. Mm -hmm. Because canis lupus or lupus canis. No, it's canis lupus. There's multiple ways that we could like break it down of like, well, is it actually looking more to the wolf part of it? But the fact that they have the last part of being aureus, being that that is part of the scientific name of a jackal, I think that's a bit more denoting, especially the design of the hieroglyphic. But we could, oh my god, what we could go further on is Sino's name is actually a Greek word
2: for dog. <laughs> oh wait, really? So lupus, lupus is the Latin name for wolf, and canis yes. canis is the Latin name for dog.
1: Exactly. So dog is more domesticated, um, and that's kind of that's one of the ways we differentiate it in. Um, zoological anthropology (laughs) when it domestication of certain animals we look to the bone structure and with dogs we have a difference of their wisdom teeth and that spacing versus lupus their counterpart is going to have a difference they're not going to have as a difference of spacing in their canine teeth. It's it's a very interesting thing. I can go on and on about the difference between a wolf skull and, and a domesticated dog skull. I don't know.
2: <laughs> so what a wait, what's the name of the constellation?
0: Lupus Aureus.
2: And what is what is razors?
0: Lupus Fulguris. F-U-L-G-U-R-I-S. I'm sorry, it's Lupus Minor. That was the name of one of the, the of his sixth constellation. <laughs> Lupus minor, because he's because he's little wolf because he's Saito's brother no
1: <laughs> no i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot that down real quick i am gonna say no we can say that lupus just means an undomesticated canine in this regard so a jackal not normally domesticated at least not um intentionally domesticated so
0: he's like oh he's a wild jackal You know. listen this this is my crackpot theory Sino's the older brother. Razor's the younger brother. We know that Razor's parents were adventurers out of Mondstadt. What if they took Razor's older brother on a trip to Sumeru? They got into some trouble. Parents died. Because, you know, like Brandon said earlier, orphan alert. (laughs) And Sino got carried off to be experimented on. Maybe even their parents were experimented on. It is just so weird that they would purposely give the two lupus characters white hair red eyes both of them like evoke or call on spirits from within them when they do their bursts at least they let
3: sinos actually speak correctly though
0: <laughs> well that's because he wasn't raised by wolves Tiff. damn mm-hmm. he's not a feral child i mean y'all should try be being raised by wolves <laughs> that would have been a
1: fucking
3: kick-ass backstory i would have loved that you know i probably would have taken the black forest by name Means, by now. the problem with saying that the that he was raised by wolves is the fact that we talk to a wolf and he speaks perfectly
0: but he's like a ghost wolf like yeah he speaks perfect english
2: and a god <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we don't know if razor actually has any interaction with him yes we do Yes, yes, he has the rearing. From- <laughs> well, I mean, in the racing process, though, but when you're a baby and the wolves take you in, you got to earn the right to be the-, the god of the fucking wolves.
2: It's Andreas's fault that he speaks that way, let's be real, because yeah. you just sucked at teaching him English <laughs> 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 or whatever language he's speaking in, you're gay.
1: But oh, no, god. <laughs> he would have been fully directed because when it comes to wolf society... I'm bringing out full bullshit, not bullshit, but, like, shit I learned from Animal Planet. Thank you. Uh, When there are, you know, pups within a, you know, a pack of wolves, the alpha female and the alpha male are the ones that take care of it, regardless of who the parents are. Yeah, but
0: Andreas is not an alpha, and he hated humans. Are
1: you, oh my god, are you saying the god?
0: Yeah, I am. Is not the yeah because oh he's so God. involved in their day-to-day activities he hides in a wall
2: yeah it's true I and think he gets he was called
0: upon when they need to test their powers
2: raised by actual wolves which we don't really see in the game except for dire wolves
0: some random ass wolf that goes oh at the moon like <sighs> that's who the alpha is and that's why razor go razor like you lupus like you yeah
1: okay I'm gonna throw a wrench into this theory, and mostly because we know Sino is older than Tignari.
0: Yes, he made a very big deal of that
1: during Windbloom. We know Tignari and Sino are way older than Razor. So in the cutscene where we Wait, see we Razor's
2: do? because pair- I, I have no idea how old Razor is.
0: They're all the same height model.
2: Like I would yeah, I would assume he was younger, but I don't I don't know if they're like way older. I don't know.
0: Well, in Sino's character teaser, when he's out or character with some one of those YouTube videos, he's out in the desert, the guys that he's after goes, What? He's just a kid. So like Damn. he can't be more than like
3: nineteen. Yeah. And I think in another one he's he's said like in it's if it's not the demo, it's the the miscellany one, they refer to him as a teenager. Even in that sense,
1: he'd still either be the same age of Razor and is the older brother, because if we're going with the lupus minor, him being the younger brother, he's younger. In that cutscene where they're talking about the wine and they're picking a name for their baby, why would they not reference the other
0: child? I'm trying to name my new baby and I don't think anything wrong is going to happen in my life. I'm not there to have a whole full circle moment about my first kid, my new kid, blah blah blah. Well, then where's the other baby? He's like asleep. Where? I don't, like I don't know what's right the there? Old Finn yeah. is taking care of him. <laughs> I'm sure he was. Maybe even draft before he became an alcoholic. Draft was an alcoholic at the bussy. Let's let's be honest. No, I think draft became an alcoholic when his wife died.
2: Well, maybe maybe their first baby got stolen when they were on vacation in the desert
1: oh wait is this gonna be a prince of egypt thing they
2: went <laughs> back to monstadt and were like they were like we gotta try again
1: so we have to replace the baby we lost yeah we have to
0: replace the baby that was stolen
1: and
2: they're like oh look it looks just like the other one let's pretend that one never happened <laughs>
0: i'm just saying that it's a total possibility
2: and then Aaliyah starts playing at the first you don't succeed oh
1: my <laughs> god I To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
3: I just wanted to go back to his story quest with the Court of Desolation because it is like, I mean, like we say with everything, there the cutscenes are always beautiful. But basically, in his story quest, we are looking for smugglers of canned knowledge. And basically, we end up finding out this is gonna be a a very s- small version of it but we end up finding that this revered uh mantra who used to be sino's only partner taj has actually been involved in the smuggling which is crazy and everybody is like i can't believe that that happened that he would do such a thing and taj was always such an upstanding dude that even he arrested his own son for going to the court of desolation and trying to research it and he arrested his son put him in jail and then his son killed himself which is tragic. Mm. So now he lives with this guilt, like, you know, that he did this, but we go searching like this can't be the Taj that we know. And it comes down to, we get to the court of desolation and there Taj is, and he wasn't doing the smuggling. He was making a list of everybody in the academia who was crooked and doing the smuggling, but he was basically going to the court of desolation. So this way he could, ruin it so nobody could go there and research it and ruin their lives Mm -hmm. and we have this beautiful cutscene at the end where basically he's buried in quicksand and he's getting like you know to have this moment with his son and Sino's just like so kind of like heartbroken at first like he's listening to him like you know he i think you would tell that he was very upset by the idea that his friend was doing bad shit but then when he mm-hmm. found out he wasn't he was like ah that's my guy and uh when we go to leave we're like wait we got to bring taj and sino understands the respect and the i guess like the the devotion that he had that he knew he needed to die there and is like you know i'm gonna leave you like kind of like kind of given the the high five when you're going to like Drive the space shuttle into an asteroid, like that type of thing.
2: <laughs> right.
3: It's sad. It's a sad, sad story. But it's it's interesting for one the fact that Sino ha- did have a partner, mm-hmm. and then after him, no longer had a partner. Like he was like, "That's the only one." That's where Heizo comes in.
0: Yeah, I felt so bad for Sino, and I also would like to say that that is another bonding point I think between Sino and Tignari, because as you guys know from Tignari story quest. While it's not a mentor, he does find his, like, peer dead with Karkata.
3: The best boy of the robot world.
0: Best boy Karkata. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's interesting that they both have lost people like that. And if you do them in order, Tenyari's is first because he released first. Like, if you do their character stories in order... And at the end of Sino's, you go to Caravan Ribbit and Tignari is there with Sino, And he's basically like, are you okay? Are you not eating? Like, you should listen to me. Here, take this trap. Use it next time. Like, you could tell they've been, like, possibly talking about what happened. And yeah. for me, who did do Tignari's storyline first, and also me, who is a Sinari a shipper, you know, in my head, I was like, oh my god, like, you know, Tignari knew how bad it was to lose just a peer. And then for Sino to lose his mentor in a much more dramatic way too, like Tinari must have been really
3: feeling for Sino in that moment. I think though you're forgetting the one part that Boyo really wanted you to pay attention to in that moment. Tinari says, You need to rest. I think you should go play Genius Invocation TCG.
0: Which we, like, didn't really talk about at all. Yeah, like, he's like this huge, you know what's so funny is, like, surface level for everyone, so I know it's just TCG and the mantra and bad jokes, but there's so much more to him. Like...
3: (laughs) But Senyari's like, you need to relax and recoup and rest, and you can do that with your favorite game, Genius Invocation TCG, which had just come out at the exact moment.
0: (laughs) And we find out that uh, Tinyari does play occasionally with Sino, and Sino is trying to teach Kale, but then, you know, gets mm-hmm. yelled at by Tinyari because she's supposed to be studying. And that's actually what brings Sino to Mondstadt during Windbloom. Tinyari kind of eye rolls at him and is like, Oh, you're not just here to help Kale? And he's like, Well, of course I'm here for Kale, but also there's this artist, Calx, and He's here and I don't know where and I want to find him. And he's going to make me a custom card back for my TCG cards.
1: He'd do it just for free.
0: FYI, Calx is best boy Albedo, as we all know. So they run into Albedo, of course, because Kale and Sucrose become besties. And Albedo's like, I'll just do it for you. And you know what they do? Those two motherfuckers go out to Storm Terror's lair and watch to see Devalin because Devalin is going to be their inspiration for the card back. And that means that canonically, Devalin is just flying around every now and then.
1: I mean, we well, have yeah. to fly him yeah. at least once a week.
0: I just thought he was dead in there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, know. I never. Him. Oh. Dead. I, I don't know. I just never considered that he would fly, like, would leave, and that people knew about him.
2: Yeah, at the end of the monster like, storyline, he, like, becomes, you know, uncorrupted or whatever, and it's like, everyone's, like, flying on his back, remember?
0: No, because it was so long ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he's doing just fine. He's okay. thriving.
0: Yay! I'm happy for him. I'm glad that he was an inspiration for a card back that we all also got if we played Windbloom, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. And other TCG related things with Sino. Uh Sino is also the person who participates in the TCG contest where we meet Charlotte. He wins the Sumeru round, right? Well,
2: that sounds yes. right.
0: Yes. <laughs> Sino won whoever he went against. Wasn't it t- was it Timmy? Oh it was it Kale? No, Timmy was Kaya. Or was it Tignari? I don't think, mm, think
1: it
3: was
0: Tignari. Because he was really surprised that Tignari went that far, I think.
2: I don't even remember.
0: (laughs) Oh man, I wish I could remember, but I think it might be Tinyari. But yeah, he's like involved in that whole quest slide too.
2: There's one more thing. So Sino's character profile says that he's affiliated with the Temple of Silence.
0: Ooh, what is that?
2: And so that's this temple, which is also rumored to be where Farazan was imprisoned after she found, I guess, like some Desherit's knowledge somewhere or something and we don't really know anything about that yet like what it is if it's just a place if it's a group Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to bring that up because we still don't know what that is but it's been mentioned in other places before and i didn't get time to dig too far into it but i wanted to bring it up just in case anyone listening is like they didn't talk about the temple of silence (laughs) it is some mysterious thing and it's it's just his character profile that says he's affiliated with it. And I think Fahi I think Fahita. <laughs> <What's his name? laughs> and I think Nahida mentions it somewhere as well. Actually, let me
0: I wonder if that's possibly where he was experimented on or if maybe that is some secret society within Sumeru. Dun, 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 dun.
2: So, oh yeah, so it could be a secret society. Oh, it's in some Academia Investigation Team reports. In the Valley of Dari, northeast of the Archon statue, near the deserted ruin machine, there's a brief letter that mentions the Temple of Silence by name. Okay, so I'm getting this off of Reddit, by the way, so uh, take that for what you will. But it says, one of the notes says, discovered many traces of the bizarrely shaped creatures. By order of the Temple of Silence, all machines from Conria shall be sealed in accordance with the revelatory monument's format. So... If whoever this investigation team was, was taking orders from the Temple of Silence about doing something with machines from Conria, there really could be some kind of secret organization within the academia that is running things maybe related to Conria. Could it be the spy network? Mm.
0: Yes, that was was I was thinking, yeah.
2: That's sort of what I'm hoping it is. I guess we'll find out in the future because we really don't know much yet.
0: I think if there's anything we learn every time we record an episode is that there's so much more that this game has to give us. Yes. And that we are just like kind of sitting around waiting for it to happen. But with that being said, I do think it's all the time we have today for our episode. Thank you, travelers, for dealing with my love of Sinari and coming down this fun little journey with us into the Temple of Silence, which doesn't sound fun at all. Mm-hmm. But if you like this episode or you want to let us know what you think, please feel free to email us at pod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tales of Tabot, or Instagram, Tales of Tabot Pod. Next week, we are going to be talking about Fontaine so far. And we will dive into what we know so far from the new area. Until then, travelers, safe journeys. We'll see you next time.
2: Bye, dive nerds.
3: <laughs> oh God. I thought you were going to call us a fajita again. <laughs> Bye, fajita. <laughs> <laughs>